2: It's 539 parsecs on Tatooine, and you're listening to Night Call. Hey everybody, and welcome to Night Call, a podcast for your snow planet days and desert planet nights. We are here in the garage today with my Very good friend, as always, Tess Lynch. Hello. And joining us today, a very, very fine uh, Star Wars enthusiast.
1: Whoa. (laughs) (laughs) Andrew T. Not cool, Molly. What's up? I'm Andrew.
0: Andrew, plug your stuff.
1: Oh, yeah. I do a podcast called Yo, Is This Racist? Just me and a co-host talking about making jokes. Tell us jokes. about your co-host.
2: She's really cool. Oh yeah, you
1: just met her uh, a couple of days ago. And your new co-host. Her name is Tawny Newsom. She's uh, great, and it really brings a good energy up into the podcast house.
2: You guys have some really good new promo art, also. Oh yeah. Where you're like yelling into the phone, dressed like business people.
1: Yeah, we made Tawny came up with the idea for it, and we we got like like a real ass photo shoot which is it's crazy. It's really good.
2: It made me be like Thanks. I would like to watch this legal drama where you and Tawny <laughs> are a couple of people yelling into phones. Also I have to say Andrew's
0: podcast was one of our first favorite podcasts. How long oh, have you been doing Yo Is This Racist? A
1: long time now. Like four years? Three years? Four years? That is like, like that. an
2: endless lifetime in podcasting. I know. It is.
1: <laughs> I was, when, I, when I first started podcasting the deal with Earwolf the company was don't worry we're not going to make any money but the idea is we'll, tr- we'll try to turn this into a tv show because they're also tv producers and i was like great and then later on they were like actually it turns out people can make money from podcasting so you're gonna have to try
0: <laughs> and now you're making so much money as a podcaster yeah. as are we all yeah
1: a true pioneer in the field i had to yeah change it up
2: yeah but i mean you've been doing that podcast for a long time now yeah it's I a very know. good uh actually useful podcast i think it was the first
0: That's... one i ever listened
2: to yeah jeez. Oh, yeah wow uh, We I've had, like, five podcasts since then, including one that you were my co-host on. Oh my
1: god, yeah, North Mollywood.
2: North Mollywood. R.I.P. R.I.P. Do you know that that was just, like, one year ago?
0: You had Girls in Hoodies. Girls in Hoodies. Then you had... Then I had...
2: it was called The Lambert Report. How... Oh, wait, <laughs> what? I had a show by myself on Greatland for a while after the girls in hoodies were no longer there uh, called The Lambert Report because there was like an episode of Melrose Place I watched where somebody was like, look at these statistics from The Lambert Report. What? And I was like, that's my show name. I couldn't find the clip ever again, so I could never really explain why that was the show. I mean,
0: it sounds so serious. It's like The Palmer Report. I think
2: I thought it was funny and... You know, it sort of is to me.
1: That is super funny. And And then Dave
2: Schilling was my co-host on that for a little bit, and then uh, I had North Mollywood at MTV.
1: Yeah, I missed the Lambert report entirely. It's a brief.
2: It was you know only the truest. It's a B side. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's all a it's all a unified universe of Molly Lambert podcasting. Uh, I guess it was actually did say it was the Lambert account. I did I say Lambert report. report. No, they're Lambert. Okay, I called it the Lambert account because Bill Simmons had a podcast called the, Sim, the BS Report. Right. And then there was the right. Lambert account on Melrose Place. Oh, I remember that. And I thought it was no, funny. I that. But I had like Megan Amram on. It was basically just like a dry run for Molly's Lazy Friends. It was just like me interviewing people one at a time. Uh, shout out Megan Amram. We she, have, get that Emmy get girl. Get that Emmy. Get it. Get it. You have that. Night she'll probably get it. I hope she I gets she'll it. get it. I
1: think she'll get it. Actually, if we're plugging my old podcasts, uh, I my, the very first one I did like seven years ago just on a laptop was called A Round of Applause with Travis and Andrew. <laughs> Four episodes and you can still find them.
2: <laughs> my college radio show was called Live from the Masterdome because that was mm. the name of the auditorium and my friend Lizzie's school and I thought it was funny. Uh, uh, and I totally tricked them into giving me a show where I just talked a lot because I did a radio theater show and then I like found out how much work it was to produce radio theater every oh week. Oh my
1: God. I it's did planning. produce like worst. two
2: plays on like live plays and then I was like what if instead of that I just like oh, play right. fire sign theater cuts and then like talk in between. But it was definitely sort of the the framework for all the podcasting i do which is we that.
1: talked about on north mollywood about reading one of those plays oh, and we yeah. never made it happen
2: <laughs> the best play that molly's
0: ever written is an ice cream man for all seasons
1: <laughs> which she wrote in
0: 12th grade yeah yeah this is a very good play
1: my <laughs> sister ju- was just at home in michigan and she started sending me like texting me pictures from a picture book i wrote when i was i must have been like I I think fourth or fifth grade or something like that. Was that that
0: the one where it looked like you were trying to overthrow the government? Yeah. I saw that.
1: It's super fascist though. It's about the secret agent union. For some reason, I was really anti-secret agent union at the time, which I guess is fair.
2: I mean, at least they were a union. We're going to post this on our our Instagram. (laughs) Yeah. This kind of reminds me of. uh, Do you guys know there's a, a comics guy named Ben Mara who's really awesome? He does these really awesome comics. I love his comics. He has a comic called Night Business that totally is, like, of the Night Call universe that all just takes place, like, at night. It's, like, all 80s movie action kind of tropes. You would love it. He did one called uh, One Man War on Terrorism. That's really, like, there's sort of, like, parodies of, like, super, (laughs) super far-right, like, action-y, you know, military 80s comic stuff. You would love it. Speaking of angry men... Oh, yeah, speaking of fascism... I just would love you to lead off with the thing you just told me about who invented the term incel, which you just learned yesterday.
0: So here's the deal. I haven't looked ever at the Wikipedia for incels because I get so anxious and angry uh, (laughs) when I read the New York Times and some op-ed columnist is saying, hey, let's redistribute sex because incels have a point. So I forced myself for the podcast to look into the Wikipedia for incels The first time that the term incel was used was in 1993 by a woman named Alana. She was a Canadian college student. And so she made a website to talk about being like socially awkward and not having sex. And then that turned into a newsletter. And then the term was co-opted, obviously, by a bunch of people who suck um, and she was appalled and I, I guess eventually she discovered that she was queer and it, like things got much better for her and she was like oh I think I was just like figuring stuff out you know it was nice to have a community and now that's been totally weaponized and it's awful In Wikipedia, it says, when Alana read about the 2014 Isla Vista killings and the way parts of the incel subculture glorified the perpetrator, Elliot Rogers, she wrote, like a scientist who invented something that ended up being a weapon of war, I can't uninvent the word nor restrict it to the nicer people who need it. And so that, that sucks. That is crazy. Yeah. You know,
2: Jesus. that's also, like, I feel like that's so similar to, like, Matt Fury, who did Boys Club, the comic that Pepe comes from, mm-hmm. and who is not a Pepe at all and hates Pepe's and is like, wow, like, my character, you know, just because of, like, randomly being chosen for that that's meme so and comic like, imagine that if you're, like, your creation becomes just, like, a symbol of everything bad that you hate. Yep. Uh,
0: yeah, it was intended to be the opposite of what it was. I yeah, mean, I didn't hmm. know
2: that. It's so weird, too, the way that like the far-right, alt-right people... Have like weaponized identity politics as mm-hmm. though it's like something for them, you right. know. But like the way they use terminology—yeah, like,
1: they're just postmodern Nazis.
2: That's what it is. The yeah. postmodern yeah. Nazis is very confusing to me because I was like saying yesterday, like I, I was looking at Alex Jones's Twitter feed because he was talking about how. Uh,
0: oh, you guys got plans for July Fourth? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, about yeah. how the
2: Democrats are starting the civil war on July Fourth, and everybody was like, "No, nobody's organized enough to get it going." Come on, guys. Yeah. Maybe next year. Uh, I was like... What so, does that entail? Yeah. But then his other tweet, he had like a Malcolm X tweet, and it was like a Malcolm X quote. I didn't Google it to see if it was a real quote. I think it might have been. Uh, but it was like a picture of Malcolm X with an Infowars graphic well, on it. And but was basically, like, oh, the, qu- is-
1: the quote is from Malcolm X saying, don't trust the media, which is true for him. And not true for white men.
2: Yeah, Right.
1: That, like, he's, like... But it's
2: also, like, just to drop that in the middle of this feed that's also all this white supremacist, like, incitement of, like, Mm -hmm. you know, white men are going extinct and stuff. And it's just, like, to think that you can just, like, throw Malcolm X in there with no context... And be like, this all goes together, I guess, is the postmodernism part that I'm just like, huh, well, a, like, what? They also
1: have a postmodern white supremacy, because that's the idea. It's like, well, obviously, like, we're not racist. Right. But, like, we just... Joke like, racism,
2: know. except we really want to kill those people.
1: I don't think they even necessarily do. It's just like... Well,
2: somebody somebody uh, said, do you like, do you really want to know the answer to this? This guy who on Twitter goes by Web who is cool. Mm-hmm. He uh, was like, here's what I have like decided about this or you know, heard about this is like that it is that the white supremacists like like Malcolm X because he was a black separatist?
1: Oh. I don't think it reaches that because what like what supremacists will use Martin Luther King. Yeah, it's yeah. The same right. Thing.
2: I guess so. Yeah. I was like that seems like because like, they were like, you know, because they also want, like, separatism. And I was mm-hmm. like, but I don't think the kind of separatism they want is, yeah. like, it everyone doesn't, g- gets their own land. But I, I think, think it's yeah, it's, it's It doesn't else. need to
1: be that consistent. It's just, like, right. they're, like... Right. It's not like,
2: consistent at all. And that's what's so, like, freaky about it.
1: Yeah, but here... Okay, this is the same thing that's, like like, all the people are like, oh, Mitch McConnell, like, we can just point out what a hypocrite he is and he'll back down. And the thing is, it's not a hypocrite. It's just, like, every moment of every action is just in the service of white supremacy with no for or or uh, pre-thought to it. And if you realize that's how they operate, yeah. it's all totally consistent. But right. also
2: their whole ideology is to be, like, if you say that, they're, like, you're the Nazi for calling us Nazis like how dare you accuse us of this horrible thing that we would never do and that's like Tess and I just did this podcast be, behind the bastards where we talked about, we talked a lot mm-hmm. of shit on Nancy Reagan for a long time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we ended up. It was not, of, she
0: was not the bastard, by the way. She was not the person. Her astrologer was the bastard. Joan Quigley. And but Molly and
2: I were like. We were just, we were, we were oh, not given an inch. Like our to,
1: Rasputin too. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And we
2: were just like, no one should feel bad for manipulating Nancy Reagan. She's a trash person. Who, well, also, I mean, well, what
0: it kind of boils down to is that Nancy Reagan's astrologer was also a kind of like rich socialite white lady whose politics were also bad, but the decisions Nancy Reagan was making were Nancy Reagan's decisions. The astrologers just told her when to do it.
2: Yeah. So what we learned was that the Reagans held all their meetings and press conferences at like super weird times because the astrologer told them they had to.
1: Oh. Uh, Which
2: was really interesting. Was it like
1: Christian astrology?
2: No, it was like literally this lady who was the astrologer was like a rich San Francisco white lady socialite Mm -hmm. who didn't want to do astrology for poor people. She had a column in 17 magazine, and then she was like, No, like the hordes don't deserve to know about the stars. Only like very rich and famous people should know, and I will be the one who guides them. And then she became Nancy Reagan's astrologer. Tess and I were just talking a lot about the Reagan years and about the Reagans and how much they sucked, and how so many of the policies of the Trump administration are just like the same Mm -hmm. stuff, but more naked, you yep. know, and that that's what horrifies people is the idea that it's like they're not putting the gloves on they're not hiding behind a facade of like fancy white people stuff. Yeah, I mean, yeah, to yeah. be
0: fair, I think the Reagans would have
2: absolutely hated what Trump was doing. Of course, but it's all like respectability. No, you say it. it's the like, way Yes, exactly. Yeah. It's, yeah. But it's like white supremacy respectability yeah. politics it's like they, you know, how how dare you be like a low class white supremacist yeah, yeah. like we're, you know, British colonizers who like put a crown on it.
1: Like Republicans have been this our entire lifetimes and I wager the lifetime of anyone listening to this podcast.
2: Hey, there might be one ageless demon. Yeah. Or a like
0: 98 year old like, yeah, yeah, what's up great grandma?
1: (laughs) Yeah, none of the policies are different. Right, right. It's all the same shit.
0: I mean, but incels and white oh, yeah. supremacists are overlapping Venn diagram. They're yeah.
2: overlapping basically, I feel like there's that thing where someone predicted what would happen in like 2014 or something I again, I don't know if this is even real or if somebody retconned a meme to make it look like it predicted the future but it was like, here's what's going to happen like the incels are going to team up with the 4chan people and they're going to get into neo-fascism but oh. it's like, if you had said that to anyone in 2014 you would have been like, nah, that That's crazy. Somebody else is telling me that like 2chan, which is the board that 4chan was based off of, do it for the lulls, fucking Mm -hmm. you know doxing people, just all the stuff we associate with like the dark side of like the dark side of the internet, and that uh, 2chan eventually turned into like a Japanese like fascist yeah nationalist. Just because it's a lot of like alienated basement dwelling white guys who are like I'm not going to get mine. Yeah, I can weaponize my anger about that and make everyone afraid and then I have power I mean the thing I get super pissed about with the incels although now that I know that where incel comes from I'm also like yeah like what about the lady incels like male incels at least have the option of like paying for sex you know I guess there's like that thing that male nerds do where they're just like any woman can have sex like any time she wants there was something so
0: chilling though about this wave of editorials and kind of opinions, right, being you were like, like, "Well, what if every woman no. did feel like maybe they should?" And it was like, I, I clutched my pros. I, was I like, clutched no. my pros, because I
2: was like, "I can't believe this is being like aired as a real opinion." Exactly. In a time when there are lots of really important things happening, and this is definitely not the important thing. But it also reminded me of like in like junior high. I was like, okay, I remember. Being, like, 13 and, like, realizing that, like, everyone just liked the hot people and being, like, wait, like, all the – everyone just likes the two hot people. Like, why can't we, like, put the people of similar social status together, you know, trying to, like, (laughs) put logic into it? And then it's, like, because nobody wants to be with the person that's, like, the same as them. Yep. Oh, man. You know, like, if you showed all these incels, the woman that they deserve, or, like, not that they deserve any women, but, like, the female equivalent of them, they wouldn't be into it, you right. know? They're, like, also adding a, th- a level of male entitlement of, like, we deserve hot chicks for just, like, yeah. being men in the world, which is, like, the part that makes me insane.
1: I mean, I, I, just to go back to the predicting thing, it was clear these guys were misogynists who were absolutely ready to be... You know, fascists and the way that bigotry always that intersects like, with everything else.
2: I didn't think they would take it to real life. I thought it was like the internet cesspool, just would like stay there. You know that they were all like cowards.
1: Uh, well, yeah, they are. But the thing, the thing I mean, with they cowards are. They're just is cowards with
2: access to weapons and
1: well, an access columns. to weapons and access to a community. That, that's why I'm, I've always been like of the uh you know people who are like it's just better when the racism's out in the open it's like i actually just prefer when i know who the racists are or isn't it better to have it out in the open than have it like simmered and or you know buried and simmering somewhere uh i disagree with that (laughs) yeah the analogy i think i've used on my podcast is like it's like putting out a fire a campfire Mm -hmm. like well, yes, if you bury the coals, there are definitely still coals under the dirt, but the odds of those coals catching another piece of wood on fire and making two coals is much smaller when you bury it. I
2: don't know. It. I mean, I feel like there, again, to just talk about like the respectability of like the styles of racism, like... People in California are like delusional, especially, mm-hmm. you know, left wing people. A lot of people are just delusional that California is like a good place where good people sure. live and like that it doesn't happen here. And it does happen here all the time. This woman in Simi Valley just like yelled at a kid who was like. That picture was horrifying. That picture is horrifying.
1: The and the kid was like 14. My
2: friend uh, Aisha Siddiqui was posting it like this isn't Simi Valley, like, you know, yeah. but there's an ice facility downtown, like by the mayor's office. Yeah. Like, yeah. It is super in Los Angeles, everywhere, and just like the way racism exists here is just different than it is in other places. Well, it's just because
1: it's a segregated city. Mm -hmm.
2: Well, all cities are segregated, I feel like.
1: It's more segregated.
2: Yeah, it's segregated, I guess, because it's so big. And because of
0: the planning. I mean also because it's become so expensive. That's another factor for sure. But I mean it's it's difficult too to see the proposition that you know, California be split into three
2: states. Oh man, I have a, a take on that. It's my hot take. Give it. The only Cal exit that I'm pro is, is my idea is CalMexit. Yes. And we give California back to Mexico you know what though yeah Yeah,
0: that's the problem is that anytime you know you lose so much power again
2: these are things that i'm like these are funny to think about because like no one's gonna die from like us all thinking about it
1: you know well well here's why some people will die is that it will (laughs) it will solid if that happens it'll solidify it'll basically those three um states will have Two of them will be Republicans. Oh yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. I don't think it'll happen. Also. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think it's in anyone's interest for it to happen. It's basically
1: Wait. gerrymandering. You're pushing yeah. all the liberals. Well,
2: it's like they trying to make up for a mistake yeah. they made in the first place, which was just like getting this huge piece of land from Mexico. Right. <laughs> yeah, <I know>. but, <laughs> but also which the, again, which is like I'm like just give it back to Mexico. But the
0: original Cal Exit was packaged as a kind of like it was packaged to liberals, and I was gullible oh, enough right, at because first. they were like get oh, our, get ourselves out. Yeah. They were like you we will legalize weed which yeah, they did yeah, yeah. like we're you know very oh, no. democratic state in general
2: i'm like, not letting the tech bros get in charge yeah. well but this,
0: that's what I'm this was this was by, it was yes. funded by a guy with russian ties was yeah. he actually russian i don't even remember and, and peter teal is did he actually yeah. start peter teal lives
2: here elon musk lives yeah. here fucking well, steven miller group tech bros you know? are
1: libertarian like
2: right but like
1: want white supremacy
2: yeah right yeah, it's yeah. hard for me like I've realized this we were talking about this uh, on I guess it was a Molly Sleazy Friends reunion episode of North Mollywood <laughs> where we talked mm-hmm. about Blade Runner
1: mm-hmm. Blod Runner Blod Runner
2: uh, and I was like saying that the scary thing about the Blade Runner reboot was that it was like very white and everybody was like, well, it takes place in L.A. And I was like, oh, well, that's the super dystopian future is like that these white supremacists like want for L.A. to be that, you know, where they see it and they just see land, you know, yeah. which is just colonialism. It's just being like, hey, this thing where all this stuff exists is a blank slate and I can't wait to like put my stuff here.
1: Can we tag it? Because the other thing that happens in the new Blood Runner is that San Diego is just the landfill. For yeah, LA, but that's funny. It's just true.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you were like, you're thinking about this more than the people who made Blade Runner thought about it. Yeah, they're
1: stupid people. <laughs> maybe,
2: maybe you need to do another Blod Runner.
1: Blod the Inhaler. <laughs> where everyone, you get high and you have to watch Blade Runner.
0: Wait, you guys, did we just make a spinoff that we're actually going to do? Uh,
1: just throw uh, it out there.
2: Well, speaking of <laughs> franchises. <laughs> nice. Oh, man. Let's hear first about what is happening with Star Wars. What happened?
1: Oh man. I can't believe y'all had not heard about this. There's
2: so much happening all the time. I'm like allergic to Star Wars, you guys.
1: So to dovetail from Incels, there's these people, a group of Star Wars fans, quote unquote, who are very mad at the new Star Wars. Star movies. Cells. <laughs> Star Cells. There's Star They're definitely Wars. Cell of it. Yes and they they're really mad for reasons that they typically articulate as oh you're ruining the legacy of Star Wars which by the way three super boring movies <laughs> Star Wars movies are the boringest um and what you know it's sort of like like what we're talking about in politics it's like they use the language of a little bit of film criticism a little bit of like sort of protecting nostalgia a oh, little yeah. bit of like you know keep keep star wars great yeah. or whatever i've
2: been on film twitter
1: yeah but the underlying message is we don't like change and we don't like diversity so that's why they're extra mad at the new right. ones right
2: diversity and change are ruining the the movies but like did they like the second three that nobody liked did they like Anakin I assume those movies were pretty boring and white they, and maybe they yeah. just think it's getting worse and worse
0: with each yeah. iteration
1: I think the new ones new these the current iteration I think there's a revisionist history about how much they like the prequels mm-hmm. and yeah. a, the other thing that they really hone in on is the fact that um, the head of Lucasfilm post Disney acquisition is a woman it's named Kathleen, Kathleen Kennedy, Kennedy. Yeah. um who
2: has produced a lot of really good big movies.
1: Yeah. but she's a woman critically is the thing that they're most mad at. So, so, uh, do they
2: know that a woman is in charge of the James Bond movies also? Like, don't broccoli. tell them Molly. <laughs> <laughs> Those movies are bad too.
1: Those are the worst.
2: Uh, I was never a star Wars person. Emily Yoshida, our resident star Wars fan is not here today, but she'll come back to tell us about why star Wars is good. And we're wrong. Uh,
1: Star Wars is fine, but here's the thing with Star Wars is the best Star Wars movie is whatever the last one you saw is. No, like,
2: yeah. I don't know. Okay, I have seen the first Star Wars a lot of times and always was like, this is boring, I don't care. And yeah. then I finally watched the second two and I was like, oh, these are good.
1: No, watch like Rogue the One. The second one.
2: Yeah. yeah, sure. They're all, they're just fine. They're great. Empire Strikes Back is a good movie. Yeah. I'm, But I'm, I'm also like, I'm such a, a non-traditionalist that I like the Ewoks, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. True Star Wars fans, I think, thought the Ewoks or an abomination
1: no but see that's the thing it's like so there's this group of white guys who are like the gatekeepers who are you know the same people you see at a co- working at a comic book store or a guitar store I think I just always assume store. some
2: of these pe- like I it's like that really good first Black Mirror episode about Star Trek Oh no. yeah, that, the you first know what one I mean. Like, if someone's an introvert who likes comic books, like I don't assume they're like secretly like a homicidal, like misogynist maniac. But you it should. turns out a lot of them are. Yeah. Like, I just was like, well, look, they're allowed to have their opinions, but what are they doing?
1: Uh, no, they're not allowed to have their opinions. Fair. Their opinions they're not allowed. Are they're trying
2: to remake Star
1: Wars. So these, so these guys have basically been throwing a hissy fit since. The new J.J. J. Abrams one came out with his, I don't remember what it's called. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they, and, and The Last Jedi, they like among you know they always have campaigns they harass Kelly Marie Tran off of Instagram oh yeah they, I they saw
2: that, that yeah. was fucked up
1: they they always point to the fact that the Rotten Tomatoes film score is way lower than the critic score right because they like because they stuff the stuff ballots yeah. yeah and like for what it's worth the, what's the other one like Metacritic or one of mm-hmm. those does one based on polling random yeah. sampling as opposed to people who go and guess what most people love the last Jedi because it's great um, right and
2: because it's for fucking children
1: yeah but also it's for it's diverse and it's for everyone right I will just say Molly like using the terminology of real Star Wars fans uh, plays into their rhetoric which is that these white, Misogynist nerds are the ones who are the real fans of a multi-billion-dollar franchise. Like, guess what? Right. You, to make, it's not just
2: you guys. It's, yeah. Yeah,
1: you're, your You're, you're not the only person who likes
2: Led Zeppelin. it yeah, turns Yeah, the
1: smallest part of this pie. Uh,
2: but the loudest. That's what I'm like. I'm like, why do we pander to these people by giving them any airtime at all? And it's like, because they're so loud. Like, yeah. Why does anyone let anyone write about white white incels Should like redistribute sex or like?
1: Because same with like the Amon Bundy people it's because they're like dangerous white men right who I'm just like I could we can't you know adri- well we can't correct like mass shootings because we refuse to acknowledge that white men are like a problem. Make right. So that's why we have to give their argument credence. No, that's we have why to I'd make insult. them afraid of us.
0: But you also, you have you have to understand, you know, you, you have to, like, let the message seep in enough so that you can rebut it. You right. can't be ignorant like, about, like, about it. Is like, Sorry, I was, was of,
1: using scare around the oh, we. Yeah. When I said <laughs> we have to let them air out, it, it's because yeah. like, the media, like, New York Times needs to give incels a bunch of column inches to make their point. But like, because shouldn't the New York Times can't just be like, like, we live in a misogynist, sexist, or racist society that makes these people entitled. But I was just be thinking so nice? about, like, Man.
2: what if you could write that op ed, though, where you're like, hey, I've got an idea, like, let's just cut everyone's dicks off. Yeah. You know, like, that to me is just the same of an idea. It's like, hey, it's crazy. I know we haven't thought about it before, but, like, dicks make a lot of problems in this world, and what if we just, yeah. like, cut them all off?
0: Well, I think in particular, the context that the, This is, again, we're like hopping and skipping around the topics. But I think when you are a woman or a person of color and you see a lot of terrifying signals and then somebody writes in the New York Times like, hey, it's not that crazy to talk about redistributing sex and also lumping sex robots and sex workers into the same paragraph as though... They are the same. Ugh. I mean that it's a it's a terrifying thing. I mean, so when you when you start thinking about like let's cut their dicks off, it would seem preposterous because there haven't been all of these incremental, you know, losses of dignity and and really terrifying laws being proposed that target people with dicks well
1: right. speaking of targeting people with dicks one of the uh star wars people wrote this manifesto about why uh, the yeah. last jedi was met, and there's a line in it about how one of the problems with it is that it denigrates masculinity somehow <laughs> which is yeah. like oh you're supposed to say why? the quiet because, part yeah it's like, yeah. <laughs> like a
2: little baby bitch boy
1: who knows it doesn't matter i mean basically i think it's because like the idea that a woman could be a Jedi is very upsetting but, to them. Like, that is so yeah.
2: weird to me because the whole thing about Star Wars is that you have Princess Leia, who is, like, essentially a Jedi, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, And they had... Natalie Portman had a sword and stuff. Like, the whole thing about those movies that makes them more tolerable to me than, like, other boring dude things is, like, that there's a woman in them and that the woman is Carrie Fisher, right. you know? That they could have cast, like a hot chick who doesn't say anything the whole time and instead it's like Carrie Fisher and like she and Harrison Ford have great sexual tension and like that's what makes those movies good like the Disney machine idea of like we're just gonna pump out a million Star Wars and like they'll all make money forever has like the fact that like Solo did not do well for them and Mm -hmm. that nobody was like okay like let's just stop forever like That's what those people ostensibly wanted was a movie about how cool it is to be Han Solo and like how they long didn't was support this manifesto that either. by the way.
1: The manifesto is like one phone screen.
2: It's okay, so enough. not long. It's a it's meant well, to look pretty, I assume like a Star Wars crawl. Right.
1: Face. It's too it's, long. Yeah, it's way
2: too but long. But not as long as you'd be it's scared so it might long. be. Uh, uh, here's what online. I was going to say, too. Is like when I kept seeing stuff about the Star Wars remake, because people were making fun of it online, uh, including Ryan Johnson,
1: who. Right. Oh, so this is two separate things. I mean, sort of, they're the same people. But, but those
2: people wanted to remake The Last Jedi. They're like, this movie sucks. Yeah. We're going to make a better movie. Give the money to us, the fans.
1: So here's their pitch They claim they have an investor who's willing to match funds, a producer, who's willing to match the funds of what people donate, they will Give the, the money and the script to Lucasfilm on the condition that they make this movie. Or they'll remake it themselves, but just get so many donations, they'll buy the rights to Star Wars. Like, what? It is hilariously... It's, also, it's, it's so threatening
0: and like such a little
2: hissy fit. Well, right. It's, it's so a, funny that they're not like... It's like, make your own movie. You yeah. can just yeah. like make a fucking space movie. Nobody but will stop you.
1: They're also taking donations but not like in a way that it is they're basically taking a pledge and an email address okay
2: so it's like a jill stein
1: yes but they're not taking real money and not verifying it so you can just go in and say I'll, oh, there's a cap but you can you just add your to name to the and,
2: list of people that yeah, want this and
1: say i'll give you 10 and then ryan
2: dollars. johnson was like great idea do i'm this. in do it. <laughs> no but
1: it's like it's like one of the points in the remake thing is like Write it with a committee, like a writers' room of fans, and well, that'll people be loved great. and hated the Last Jedi. It's all this stuff, and then
0: that's how great movies are made. People, that is how so movies cool. are
2: made, though. That's, that's what's funny. I'm like, how many movies are just like a committee of people? Well, it is how
1: like Marvel and Star Wars movies Hobbling, <laughs> Yeah, like, like it is like, like fourteen. Those movies people. all
2: have like twenty people writing, it, but, it, but it's and, always but it's, amateur fans, yeah, and those are big, in a room. Right, exactly, yeah, barely
1: competent. True. What if those fourteen people were Twitter? like maniacs who literally do not understand they're mad that Luke Skywalker and the new one isn't like the big tough boy that they really want and but Luke
2: Skywalker was never he was always the number 1 soft boy that was the whole thing about him is that he was kind of boring and then Princess Leia and Han Solo are cool and you're like not
1: to them. he's that little
2: kid that you're letting kick around and then like Uh, Anakin or, like, baby Anakin was, like, cool Luke Skywalker and they hated that, too. Yeah. You know?
1: I mean, it's very unclear, but the thing that is hilarious is in the thread after these guys announce this thing, it's just, like, people pitching ideas and the account going in and being like, yes, of course. that's. (laughs) It's a little bit like that Key and Peele sketch where the guys in the coked-up writer's room for Gremlins 2 and greenlighting everything that gets pitched. Yeah. But it's on Twitter about misogynist pitching ideas about why Carrie Fisher shouldn't have a big moment and why Ray shouldn't exist and why Kelly Marie Tran's character I mean, don't grows. they
2: dare come for Carrie Fisher? Yeah, I know. But
1: also, it's like, what is their pitch? They're going to remake it with a CGI Carrie Fisher or file fi- It's yeah. hilarious. They're going
2: to just, like, make her CGI and then, like, someone will come up and kick her in the stomach and they'll be like, hooray, we fixed yeah. Star Wars. Without
1: being, like, too Hollywood elitist, though, too, it's also, like, guys, the proposition that you think you can produce any movie at all, like, I would love to watch the documentary of this. Yeah. It More is. Yeah. Everything. It's like
0: an American movie. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, obviously, but like, with like, the thing fascists. to do yeah. is we
2: like we become the ghost producer and then we're like this was like something that maybe really happened also where somebody sent a bunch of people to an island to make a fake movie as like a tax loophole. But anyway, we send them all to an island where the monsters live and then it's a little bit more. Like, problem solved. Who's that
1: German guy, Uwe Boll? Yeah. Who makes all those like fake like literal tax write-off movies yeah, yeah, that yeah. are just like adaptations of video games? Yeah. It's like that, but for Star Wars, it's just a, it's just like we're joking about it. It's literally a matter of time before one of these people does something violent. So For Star Wars? But Star Wars
2: spreads a message of peace across the universe. No it doesn't. It's called Star Wars. Yeah. That's what I'm saying, though. It's not like Triumph of the Will. Like, it's a movie about a bunch of like it is, Jews and a is, cool black guy, and like is some cool of monsters. Triumph the if you read it the right way. I know, but like, how can you? It's that's not. That's what the postmodern Nazis think. Yeah. Which I am like, no, that's not true.
1: Oh, we're at a different point. Like, the
2: guy from Depeche Mode being like, no, my music is, like, not for fascists. It's, like, anti-fascist, and you can't call it the music of the alt-right, because, like, fuck you, I made it. Like, can't George Lucas just be like... Fuck these,
1: these little kitties. Well, but he, I think, is a little bit, like... He's on their side because he a, sold the property. He's not well, on their
2: side, but, I mean... But I he's think, getting yeah.
1: his ego stroked by them because they're all, like, Oh, because
2: they're, like, you were so much better than the people who do it now. Ever you left,
1: gone downhill, and so he's... That's I think so he's stupid. Ryan right?
2: Johnson it. is, like, the best thing that's ever happened to that franchise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's so weird. Well, here's what I thought it was about in a, in a more naive and gentle manner. I thought it was like those people who remade uh, Last Crusade. Do nope. you know about that? Yeah. There were Wasn't like, that
1: like Channel 101 people?
2: No, it was like kids in Boston. Uh, it was like a thing I like heard tale of in Providence because they would like show it, they were showing it for the first time or something, but it was like...
1: Right, a, this was like a documentary. If there's somebody possibly, made a documentary yeah.
2: about it, but it was like these three kids, like I think they were like brothers or something, and they like remade Last Crusade but over... It's so a This
1: American Life, sorry. Okay, that makes yeah. sense. The, they the, remade
2: right, yeah. Last Crusade... Not Last Crusade. Uh, yeah, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Of the Lost they Arc. remade Raiders of the Lost Ark <laughs> over a period of like 10 years. Oh, that sounds great. It yeah. was! It was great. And they remade it with like props from home. So they made like.
1: They used like a basketball. They just like did all the effects
2: with like practical home effects that like a 12 year old would have. And it's the the greatest thing. Like a paper bag. The best Star Wars. It's the best. No, it's great. And that's totally what I thought this was. And I was like, oh, cool. A bunch of kids are going to (laughs) remake Star Wars with like. No. No, that's not what this was at all. I think it's
1: safe to say if you read about Star Wars ever for present. So going forward, it's gonna have some misogynist shit attached That's to it.
2: That's so weird because, again, like Carrie Fisher being the part of that franchise, just to me, always was like the thing that stopped it from being the worst, the worst nerd thing. But
1: that was a little bit by accident because they treated her like a piece of meat. That but again, she still point. got
2: like jokes. She still got to like shoot a gun sometimes. You know, like she wasn't just. I don't know. She wasn't
0: just a prize. She, yeah. she engaged intellectually. And like I've read about... Less than
2: she should yeah, have. She was a babe, but she was like a funny babe, which like she didn't have to be to be in that movie. And that's what make that, makes those movies good at all. Guys,
0: yeah. I hate to do this to you, oh, but... we have to. We have to talk about the bug dick energy oh, of yeah. the summer. We have to. Um, We touched on B-movie last time.
2: We were talking about B-movie a lot. And that's why we we're talking about the bees being back in town.
0: We need to talk about the good and bad bugs because it's summer. It's
2: summer. summer's when the bugs mm-hmm.
0: invade. The bugs are back in town. So we got an email
1: <laughs>
0: and it says, hi, night call hi night for some reason bugs in Japan are huge the Japanese giant hornet can be four and a half centimeters long with a six centimeter wingspan and the Japanese centipede can be the length and width of your arm which is fucking terrifying both are extremely poisonous no thank you you also have giant rhinoceros and stag beetles that I remember seeing kids play with play battle with in the park like a slow death free and cute version of dog fighting I wonder why they got so big in Japan and there's a bunch of videos of these ginormous bugs how cool is that thanks for being a very chill podcast I can listen to you without getting anxiety from opinions being shared um, <laughs> this I, comes from from Jiwoo Han huh? yes thanks Jiwoo thank you so I have to say that I looked up um, there's a website called tofugu.com and they have a post about the the worst Japanese bugs but I might argue that some of these are the best Japanese <laughs> bugs um, the Denki Mushi the electric bug is a like really insane looking caterpillar with spiky green protrusions and it stings with a chemical that feels like an electric shock
2: Ooh. we're gonna have to ask Emily cause she is just getting back from She's Japan if yeah. she saw any cool bugs she posted a video these aren't bugs but they're bug adjacent uh, she posted like a forest just like with crabs in it no because what? it was raining so much that they thought it
0: was the 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 ocean and they were uh, so cute it was the coolest distressed. thing
2: I've ever seen it was like this incredible like super green place and then just these yeah like, crustaceans
0: are yeah, very close yeah. I mean, they also they have bugs. Um, there are two they centipedes bugs. in this list the house centipede is good because it eats the other bugs but there's a Japanese giant centipede that is 15 inches long it's the symbol of evil in Japanese mythology and it has like a, a bite that will send you to the hospital mm-hmm. and then there's a Japanese Got a bite
1: that'll you to
0: send you to the it's hospital <laughs> (laughs) the Japanese giant hornet and I'm just going to quote not only are these things huge but they will also spray you in the eyes with a flesh melting poison if you catch them on a bad day oh did I mention this poison is filled with pheromones that signal the rest of the hive to hunt you down and sting the living crap out of
2: you until you can no longer move your limbs
1: Wow. Is that the one that's supposed to feel like getting shot if you get I think so. The, yes yeah.
2: they also say right afterwards that they wish guns were legal in Japan so they could shoot it. I chose mm-hmm. not to read that because you should respect your insect
1: overlords.
2: I know. Respect well, that's... Them. I do respect, respect. them. Yeah. Uh, Tess has always known a lot about bugs and Love been a bugs. cool bug lady. Uh, she doesn't like to lead with it, although I feel like you're more talking about it these days. I'm, I'm easing my way out. She knows though. a lot about bugs. Um, do
0: you guys have favorite or least favorite bugs? Um...
1: Well, mine got taken. Mine was going to be crabs.
0: Crab well, they're is not. the
1: best bug.
0: Are they technically
1: mm.
2: bugs? No. Well, all sorts. Of, I mean, but neither are spiders. Do you, technically. Do you call spiders bugs? No.
1: Is bugs 100% coincident with insects? Because I would argue. Yeah, you could
0: argue that bugs are a, a wider insects, umbrella. Insects
1: and spiders are under the bugs. Insect spiders and, of course, the Bugs Bunny are under the bugs umbrella. <laughs>
2: well, it's like when you call a group of people guys. Yeah. Yeah. Guys are bugs. I respect, bugs or guys are guys. I respect all the bugs. I particularly am fond of bees. I love bees. Love bees. hmm
1: uh, the scorpions that um, hold their claws up like what's up when oh, they get mad I yeah.
2: love that <laughs> uh, yeah bugs I've only are named cool.
1: arthropods yeah why are
2: you so into arthropods see look Andrew knows had, more about bugs I had than
1: crab I last night
2: <laughs> from where uh, oh from his home
1: th- yeah I had it at home Andrew
2: cooks crab like a hundred times a week wait are you serious yeah he he mentioned this I forget when we were talking about it but he talked about like you know when you have all that crab stock in your <gasps> freezer picture looks so <laughs> from good from eating a crab they, for lunch every day
1: out.
0: What do you do with the crabs that you cook? Like what? Oh, in, right in the oh, pot. Oh, yeah. So you do like, do you yeah. do like southern style boil or like what do no, you, you throw in there? No, just
1: steam in there. And then we had it with uh, black vinegar. Oh, yeah. And, yum, and yum. I actually just had it with nothing. But I also had a bunch of duck fat sitting around. So I made a duck fat yuzu butter. Sam, yeah. Andrew. It was oh, pretty good. Style. Why
0: can't we record this in your garage, yeah, Andrew? It's yeah. hot. Uh, <laughs> I don't have It's hot there. and it smells like crab. It's
1: pretty, it's pretty gross. I just went
0: right to now. the boiling crab the other day again. So good. Do
1: you go to the restaurant? Yeah. Yeah. All right, that's the sucker move.
0: No, no, no. The one in Burbank is totally empty. Okay, I yeah. get the to go. Here's the that's pro tip the for K
1: Town. Yeah, you can get it to go, but there's a bar that next you door at, that will yeah. let you bring your to go nasty ass crabs there.
0: Um, yeah, the one, the one in K Town, we we would go to and then sit at that bar. But if you're bring, if you have mm-hmm. children, um, many children will not go eat to crab, Burbank. I'm finding, but yeah. one of mine will. So I'm fifty uh, 50 You go to the <laughs> Burbank. Will not eat crab. <laughs> you go. Before they open. It is And weird. then you're the first person to sit down, and you're waited uh, on by, like, a 16-year-old. And I was, I yeah. said the most disconcerting thing is, like, it immediately brings me back to being a waiter and looking at a, a group of people like me and my family and being like, oh, no.
1: These motherfuckers. Oh, no.
2: Oh, they're going to need so many napkins. Eh, they're just going to be loud. I went to the
1: K-Town <laughs> Boiling Crab so many times last year that they remembered my order one time, and I was like, nice. I have to stop. What do you get? Uh, well, I go with a bunch of Chinese people. Mm-hmm. So it's Dungeness Crabs. Shrimp and um, the clams, the Manila clams, and then the sausage, and then and rice for everyone because they have good like. Korean rice there weirdly Really? so what you do is you make a little rice bowl a rice ball in your hand with all the, the seafood you want and just jam the whole thing in your mouth
0: What do you get a sauce on it or just <laughs> like a, get this all is what we're the talking sauce. shebang the whole yeah, shebang is what sauce. you have to do Tess yeah. what's your
2: order at the boiling crab I
0: do the crawfish and the snow crab yeah. uh, and I do
2: a whole shebang yeah I do the crawfish
0: I'm gonna throw this to you guys would you eat bugs well that's what I think of oh, yeah. we're all
2: dancing around yeah. here yeah, yeah. like a bunch of uh, dancing shrimp
0: I would eat crickets except for the fact that cr- I, I'm i very super superstitious about crickets mm-hmm. and even though i eat meat i have trouble yeah. like picturing eating a cricket, like eating the head and body no of but an, it's
2: weird because yeah. like they crawfish you really come face to face with that you know what i mean mm-hmm. and maybe with crabs and lobsters too you're really aware of like i'm eating a sea bug well i stopped yeah. eating
0: octopus because i i just read way too, too much smart. about octopus. Yeah. yeah they found out that um In 1964, I think, that uh, cockroaches learn from their
2: mistakes. (sighs) That's what I'm saying. Like, I respect the bugs because I fear the bugs. Yeah, we should fear Mm -hmm. the fucking bugs. I think there's something scary about, like, a million of something small
1: that Mm -hmm. is
2: really disconcerting to think about.
1: I used to play a space video game where you could build like in like your space army or of uh, spaceships or whatever, and the key was actually just to make you know everyone's building these big cruisers or whatever it was actually just to get like 15,000 of the smallest one <laughs> and have a huge cloud face off against and yeah. like you can't kill it because
0: maybe a, we have to get the bugs to go against the incels because incels they're all just a insects. bunch of tiny incels versus insects and we can crowdfund this movie you guys
2: mm-hmm. oh you know what actually mm-hmm. I don't even know if I want to give this strategy away but a friend of mine it's basically bioterrorism is what I'm saying it's just maybe say trademark
0: before you say okay. it and they can't take it say A trademark, trademark but yeah. also
2: disclaimer that we're not really doing this Yeah. Um, a friend of mine told me about these ants I think they're called I want to say they're called raspberry ants but maybe I made that up uh, that eat like computer cords what yeah what yeah why <laughs> Because they just do, because they're like just petroleum. good ants, and they're like worker ants. They, they want to be
0: off the grid. And they, they want, want to be off, to the, be off grid. the grid.
2: They're like you know, because bugs and computers are named for like literal bugs that would get in computers. But yeah. it really just makes you makes you think about yeah. how My easy. My dad was a
1: computer programmer when the punch card days. Yeah,
2: just... the idea that bugs could like completely fuck us up technologically is something that I find like just so alluring. Because yeah. I'm like, you know. That's where we get in, thinking we're better than bugs. Nope, look mm-hmm. at Wally.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bugs and bots. Like,
1: mm-hmm.
2: bugs. I, the bugs were here before us. And they'll and they be, will here be here after, after us. That's why cockroaches, like, I I don't know. I think it's also interesting to, like, dissect why I'm grossed out by bugs, but not other things, you know? Like, it's because mm-hmm. they're
0: scary and they're threatening. But
2: it's yeah. like we're conditioned to be scared of them, but, like, why do I think, like, a tiger is cute, you know?
0: yeah. It's because of bigger Why head. is like a
2: butterfly beautiful, but a moth is creepy? Oh, I still like moths. Well, I love fur. moths, yeah. But butterflies have
1: fur. they're dusty.
2: But oh, it does not. Dust. It's just a the the, color palette. To the,
1: color, to the night call question, uh, if there was a question, it's because Japan's an island. Oh,
2: they're... you're right. There I mean, you go. Islands always have the gnarliest yeah, evolution. Yeah, pressure gets like
1: Madagascar. How it has
2: all of these yeah. unique species. Yeah. Yeah. Madagascar has also some fucking super sick bugs. Yeah. yeah. Well,
0: Andrew, thank you so much for nice yeah.
2: having
1: me
0: solving the problem. This is great. Wait, on the let's pod. just go
2: around and say our top, our top and least
1: top bug. Okay, Dungeness crab <laughs> is top. And least top would be the common mosquito.
0: Ooh, common mosquito. Deadliest insect. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say that my least favorite is the tick, and my most favorite is the luna moth.
2: Ooh. Uh, I'm going to say my favorite, since I already said bees, I've been really into silkworms recently, reading about Mm. silkworms. They're super cool and fascinating. You should get a high, a colony. You know, my friend's getting a beehive. Oh, Oh, nice. nice. Jealous. My neighbors have some bees. Bees are cool. Go um, respect Wait, bees. say, what's your least favorite? Oh, my least favorite, uh, I don't know. I don't want to, like, okay. hate on ants because I respect them, but, like, man, I've, I've seen my... Kitchen ants. I've seen my peacefulness turn to bloodlust oh, yeah. with the ants because you're like, it's me versus them.
0: Well, if you have thoughts on bugs or anything else, feel free to give us a call or a text at 240 46 Night, or you can email us at nightcallpodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at nightcallpod or on Instagram and Facebook at nightcallpodcast. And if you're enjoying the podcast, please uh, leave us a review, rate, subscribe, wherever you listen to podcasts.
2: Yeah, and check out Andrew's podcast, Yo Astraces. It's really
0: great. With the really Thank awesome
2: you. new co host, Tani Newsom. Nightcall. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With Samuel Grease,
1: slash compatibility.